This is Solid Foundation Ministries with Dr. Pierre Couvert, building solid foundations through sound Bible teaching. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. We have a tendency sometimes to worry. We have a tendency sometimes to, well, I don't see how this is going to work out. We have a tendency to do those types of things sometimes. I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because of what it says in here about this very thing. But, you know, oftentimes we say we believe in, in God, we say we trust Him, but in our in our daily lives as we go through things, uh, our lack of, of confidence in Him shows in, in our worry. Now, we should be concerned about things. We should be concerned enough to do what we should and things like this, but worrying we should not do. We have a Bible that is full of examples of God's taking care of His people in impossible situations. Definitely much more impossible than the situations we usually find ourselves in. I mean, just think about Israel. They're coming out of Egypt, and Pharaoh said go, and then he changes his mind. And he's chasing after them. And they come down through these canyons, these mountains that are going to steep up on all sides. And all of a sudden, they run into the Red Sea. And uh, they're on this big area of land, this Red Sea. The mountains come down over here and the mountains come down here. There's no way out except back where the soldiers are coming or across the water. And they didn't have a navy. And God said to Moses, go raise your rod up over the sea. And when he did, it opened it up and made the walls of water on each side. I mean, that wind must have been something because it says they went across on dry ground. So it wasn't ankle-deep water, like some people try and tell us. It was dry ground. And they get over the other side and the army comes in there and they say, wow, this is something. Hey, if they can do it, we can do it. And they take off and what happened? They all got drowned. Now, how many of you have situations that big? Think about it. And you know we could tell story after story, the falls of the walls of Jericho and just other things. So often, I mean, Gideon and his 300 whipping that great big army of, of, of what was it, the Syrians or whoever it was. I forget who it was now. And things like this. And yet we just find it difficult sometimes to trust. Now, lest you think I'm getting on your case for that, the Israelites who actually saw those problems had the same problem of trust. The Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is what? It's sin. So we need to learn to trust God. And this, I'd just like to look at this. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. In, in, I'm just going to read from verse uh, 25 down through the end of the chapter. In, in verse uh, 25, it says, it says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on, is not life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than them, than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory, glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? 
Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall uh, take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, that is a, a wonderful passage of Scripture, and it tells us a lot of things. In the first part, it tells us that God takes care of his creation. The passage starts out and ends and in the middle gives us a command. The command is, take no thought. Does that mean we're to be unthinking people? Of course not. The Bible uh, tells us that we're to reason together with God, for example. No, we're supposed to be thinking people. That take no thought is one word, and, 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 it, and it's a word that means um, to be overly concerned about something. doesn't mean to be concerned. It means to be overly concerned. Of course, we ought to think about things in our lives. We ought to make plans. We ought to look forward to next week and say, well, if the Lord wills, We'll do this or we'll do that and head down the road. We're to take plans, but we're not to get so wrapped up in the things that, that it, that it uh, controls our lives with worry and things like this. The whole idea of this passage is that God is in control so we don't have to worry. And if there's a person here that can honestly say that they never do worry, you can come tell me, I probably won't believe you. Because we all do. I'm not a worrier, but I still worry sometimes. And so we need to understand that we have a God who can take care of us. God will make sure that our, the basic needs of our life are are provided. Now you can look into situations and you can see people that were godly people that suffered, that that, that were having trouble with food and things like this, and that, but they always had enough to get by. And sometimes God's purpose for them was to take them home to be with Him. So they're still meeting their basic needs. But at times, we think our needs are really greater than they are. Sometimes we think we have to have things that we really don't have to to, uh, to have them. You know, at times we fear that God will give us what we don't want. And excuse me for taking an example from, from our life when we came to Bellingham. My wife said, I'll go anywhere you want, Lord, except Kansas or Nebraska. And we couldn't find a church. No place was open to us. Then finally God said, or Annie said, Lord, I'll go anywhere, including Kansas or Nebraska. And believe me, this is not Kansas or Nebraska. This is a beautiful place. There's water right there and mountains right there and mountains right there and another road and mountains down there. And it's just a beautiful place. There are trees everywhere. Now, it does rain a bit much, but that's the price you pay for trees and for green. But the point that I'm trying to make here is God knows what's what we need and what we should have. At times, we forget that God always, always, always what's, wants what's best for us. And sometimes what we think is best for us is not what God thinks is best for us. Actually, I should correct that. What we think is best for us is not always what God knows is best for us. Because he doesn't just think what's best for us. He knows. He knows exactly what we need. He knows where we need to be going, what we need to be doing, how much of this we need, how much of that we need, how much of this we don't need. And things. I've seen people that were struggling financially, that got 
you know, they, they got in church, got their lives straightened out, were doing things that were right, and God started blessing them financially. And when they got to the point where they were making good money, all of a sudden they didn't have time for God anymore. They were too busy making money. See, so God knows where we need to be. And we need to understand that, that He knows what's best for us. Uh, you know, life is more than material things. You know, God can take care of our physical needs, what they are, but life is more than that. He takes care of the birds and the flowers. I think He can take care of us. You know, and He doesn't just take care of them. How many different varieties of reddish-colored flowers do you see? You only need one color of red to attract certain kinds of birds and certain kinds of of, uh, of insects and things so that they can pollinate and, and, and do what they need, find their food, things like this. You don't need all the variety, but God gives us the variety. How many yellows do you need? Uh, it was kind of nice because my mother's favorite color was yellow, and there was a young couple that that uh, uh, brought some yellow flowers. They, they're not related. Uh, my sister's known them about a year, but that's brought some yellow flowers to the funeral out of their garden and things like this. You know, But the beauty, what's our standard for beauty anyway? Isn't it nature and the flowers and the beautiful colors? I remember one time I was going through uh, the part of France that you'll know what comes from there when I tell you the name of the major town in that area. The town is Dijon. It's mustard country. And I came down just before the harvest of the mustard. And you see these immense fields, just totally yellow. A little bit of green here and there, but mostly just yellow. I mean, our standard for beauty is God's nature. So He takes care of flowers and the birds much more than we, or than is necessary. He gives them more than just basic needs. And the Bible says, aren't we better than they? Can't we trust Him to take care of us? Our worry, our thinking about the impossibility of things won't change things. You ever think about that? All the worrying you do will not change anything. Actually, sometimes worry becomes a, a hindrance to solving the problem. Sometimes worry can make the problem worse. But, you know, it says we can't change our height by just thinking about it. You can't worry about the fact that you're short and just worry yourself into being a cubit or about 18 inches taller. You can't do that. We can't change certain things because they're beyond our control. Now, I'm talking about physical height, but how many things are there in your life that you get all worried about that you can't change? And think of all the emotional energy that you waste by worrying about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, we should do what we can where we can. And then we should leave it in God's hands from that point forward. We all know this. I'm not telling any of us anything new. We know this. But we sometimes forget. We sometimes forget that God knows exactly what we need. And He will give us exactly what we need. Sometimes what we need is really great. Like I'm going to tell you something. I'd much rather be here than Kansas or Nebraska. They don't know what trees are out out there. However, let me tell you a little story. It's a little internet story, okay? But it's a true story. You know, the... Oriental people, the Koreans and the Japanese, just love our Western movies. And they keep seeing these tumbleweeds. Well, those come from places like Kansas and Nebraska and Southern California. We had our share of them down there. 
And they see those. And a guy made a fortune on the internet by putting them in boxes and selling them to the Japanese and the, and the, uh, and the, uh, uh, Koreans. <laughs> you know, they would, they would pay money to have you ship them a tumbleweed so they could see what it was. God knows how to take care of things. And then I want you to laugh a little bit tonight. If I say something's a little bit funny, that's to relax us a little bit and to get us to appreciate that we have a God that knows how to take care of us. You know, he's our creator. He designed us to need food and drink. He designed us where we can get along about three days without water and about 40 days without food. He designed us that way. So he knows we need food and water, and he'll make sure we do. There's a passage in Psalms, I didn't think of it till now, I should have looked it up, but there's a passage in Psalms, I think it's David, but I'm not sure, where, where he says, I've never seen a child of God begging bread. You know, he designed our bodies to need protection. We need clothing. We need clothing to protect us from the elements, but we also need clothing to give us some modesty. And he knew that. He designed us that way. We need a roof over our head. We need, we need a, a place that when the rains come, we can get out of the rain, or when the snow comes, or when it gets cold, we can get in there and turn the fire up and things like this. We need those things, and he knows that. He knows everything we need. And then in the middle of this, he says, take no thought for those things. Don't worry about those things. Uh, re- just remember that take no thought, it means don't be overly concerned. It doesn't mean don't think about it at all. It just means don't get overly concerned. Don't let it get you down. You know, did you ever stop and think what worry is? Worry is a lack of faith in God. And we all come there sometimes. But worry is a lack of faith in God. Those who, who uh, worry think God doesn't care about them enough to take care of the situation. Or they think they knew more, know more than God and they, and they don't think that God knows how to get them out of there. They've got a plan if we do it their way. And God won't let the plan work sometimes. But God knows what he's doing. Those who worry have a patience problem. What is patience? Patience is not sitting on your hands hoping something's going to happen or waiting for something to happen. Patience is doing what you can and trusting God for the rest. That's what patience is when you see it in the Scriptures. You know, all of the things that we worry about from this world... And the examples here are food and clothing and this type of thing. But all the things we worry about in this world, you know, those are things that the world is focused upon. The world is focused upon having all these material things. At least in a society like ours with the wealth that we have, it's all about the things that I can have. Some uh, some people even say that at the end of your life, he who has the most toys wins. Well, I think he loses the most because he leaves more behind. The lost world is looking for those things. That's where their focus is. God knows that we need them. Christians know that spiritual things are more important than material things. Christians know that whatever we accumulate on this earth, we will leave behind. But at whatever we send before us in, to heaven, uh, those that we influence their lives and they get saved or they, they, they grow in their Christian life because of our influence, those types of things, that, that sends reward to heaven which will never be left behind. And so we know those things. And, and uh, Christians know that God knows what's best for them. We all know that. But sometimes we forget. We get down to my life's verse in verse 33. 
says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We just need to have our priorities in order, and God will take care of us, give us everything we need. We're to seek first the kingdom of God. Note that it says first. Can I say that again? It says first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This fits very well with the first couple of commandments out of the Ten Commandments, does it not? We're to have him first. We're to put God and his kingdom before everything else in our lives. That's our number one priority. How many of us can say we do that all the time? Our God has to be first in our lives, but before everything else. So, now, seek ye first the kingdom of God. So what is that? Do you ever wonder? Go with me, if you would, over to Romans chapter 14. I mean, there are a lot of ways you can describe the, the, the kingdom of God, but I think in Romans chapter 14 and in verse 17, I think we'll get an idea of what he's talking about here. It's not a complete idea, but it's, but it's, it's talking about food and drink, so I think it will help us to understand a little bit. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not made up of physical things like meat and drink. It's made up of righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? That's simply doing what's right according to the Word of God. It's not doing what's right according to what you think is right. It's doing what's right according to the Word of God. And uh, so the kingdom of God, first of all, is doing what's right. Secondly, it's peace. It is a place of perfect peace, the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, you can't be in the kingdom of God until you first of all have peace with God that you receive at salvation. So you have the initial part of the peace aspect of the kingdom of God. The instant you get saved, you're now no more God's enemy. You now have peace with him. A peace treaty is signed, and it's signed in blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. But then, when we trust him, when we exercise faith and do what he says and, and follow him, and when it, even when it doesn't make sense, then we have the peace of God in our hearts because we know we're taking care of that righteousness part of the kingdom of God. And then finally, it's, it's the joy in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can give you joy in any circumstance. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in, the Holy Spirit can give you joy if you will allow Him. Is not that one of the fruit of the Spirit mentioned over in Galatians? Joy. So it will give you joy. When our prior priorities are right, God takes care of everything. When the kingdom of God is our priority, he provides us what we need. Seeking the kingdom of God starts by knowing its laws and expectations. So now how do we find the kingdom of God's laws and, and, and uh, expectations? Well, how do we find the basic laws of the United States of America and the expectations of citizenship? We read the Constitution, do we not? Well, what's the constitution of the kingdom of God? It's the New Testament. That's the whole Bible, but it's specifically the New Testament. So we have to study the New Testament. We, ha we have to know what it says. 
And when you know the laws of the land, like the laws here in America, and you obey the laws, you have nothing to fear from the police. Well, when you know, so it gives you peace. When you know the laws of the kingdom of God, then you know you have nothing to fear from the chastisement of God. You know he'll take care of you through it all. He'll be there for you. Doesn't mean things won't get rough. But he'll be there to put that joy in your heart. He'll be there to take you through it, bring you off the other side successfully. And we can have that absolute confidence because why? He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And you know the, the, the famous poem of the footprints in the sand? And, and this guy gets saved or the person gets saved and he, and, and he has the promise, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And if you see the footprints in the sand, you see one set of footprints, then he gets saved and you have two side by side. And every time he comes to a trial, all of a sudden there's only one set of footprints. And then when the trial's over, there's two. And it goes like that through the whole thing. And this is, this is a, a poem that figuratively is happening at heaven when he's reviewing his life. He turns to Jesus and he says, how come you left me every time I came to a trial? He said, I didn't. He said, I picked you up and carried you. And that is a beautiful picture of what God promises to do as we go through trials and tribulations. We, we, uh, we are picked up and carried along by him. There's no need to worry. And now that we get down to the end uh, of the passage, in, in uh, therefore, take no thought. But then we start out that way up in verse 25. Therefore I said to you, take no thought. In the middle, didn't it say, therefore take no thought? And now he comes out at the end and says, take therefore no thought. Same thing, words scramble a little bit, same thing. Take no thought for tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. We have no guarantee tomorrow will ever come. I mean, the rapture could come before church is over tonight, couldn't it? I think it could. But don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry enough about itself. Can you change something about tomorrow? Well, maybe a little bit. But you can't change the things that come in your life that you don't expect. So there's no sense worrying about them. Uh, let God take care. He knows. There are just there are enough things to think about today without worrying what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, whenever it is. We've got enough things to take care of today. Enough things to keep us busy. Now, would you like to know the real secret to doing this? This passage tells us what to do. But would you like to know the real secret of how you do it? Before I turn there, before I tell you where to go, let me tell you this. It's not easy. It's not easy. Go with me, if you would, to Philippians. Most of you know the verse now. Chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Uh, I asked Pastor Tom to uh, sing the song we sang tonight because it was Count Your Blessings. And that's how you do this. You count your blessings. You know, probably one of the greatest benefits that I got out of the passing of my mother was you ask my family. I I fall asleep sometimes and take naps and things like this, but I'm usually busy. Busy. Uh, And uh, 
I got out there and I had some time where I didn't have anything to do. I spent some time reading my mom's journal, but I also spent some time looking at my brothers and sisters, my brother and sisters and looking at their lives. And I got to realizing how blessed I am. You know, I've still got the wife I started out with and we still love each other and we still want to continue. I've got good kids that don't give me any real problems. Do we have some friction sometimes? Of course we do. We're people. I haven't had half the heartache that the rest of my family has. I mean, that's just one aspect of counting your blessings. I could have been there, oh, my, I'm losing my mother. She's not going to be around. I can't talk to her anymore. But no, I took some time to look at the way God has blessed my life. And when we look at, at, at things, we can look at, at whatsoever things are true. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our problems, we, f- we fail to see the truth in where we are. We let our imaginations become truth instead of the real truth becoming truth. Let me go back and look at that. I, I was going to put this down in my notes to go step by step through this, and I didn't do it because I didn't think I'd have time. But I'm going to take the time because it's, it's important. But whatsoever things are true, make sure that you're looking at things that are true. Whatsoever things are honest, be honest about the situations. Don't blow them out of shape because that's dishonest. Whatsoever things are just, right, fair. All of the words are going to just. Think about those things. Think about those things that are pure. Uh, think about those things that are lovely. It doesn't matter how ugly things may be in your life right now. There are some lovely things out there. How about the hope of heaven? Is that a lovely thing? How about your loved ones? Is that not a lovely thing? There are a lot of things we can look at that are lovely. Whatsoever things are good of good report. You know, we can find a lot of things that are bad, but can we look out there and find what's good going on right now? There are good things going on right now. In all of our lives, no matter what your situation is, they're there. If there be any virtue, that's good value. If there be any praise or there's something to lift up, something you can thank God for, think on those things. You know, my pastor used to say this. He said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. But you don't have to let him build a nest in your hair. You can't stop the thoughts from coming into your mind. They're going to come. Satan's going to make them come. Our own nature is going to make them come. The thoughts are going to come. But we don't have to dwell on them and let there be a nest in our hair. We don't have to do that. We can push them out by thinking on these things that are mentioned in this verse. It's it's a powerful verse if we'll just learn to do it. Uh, The bottom line is this. We really need to learn to trust God in all things. Take no thought doesn't mean don't plan for tomorrow. The phrase taken as a whole means not to worry about the things that are beyond our control. Or to do what we can where we can to make things better, to get things done the way they should be. We're to trust the Lord for those things where we can do nothing. And sometimes... Those things seem to come in every day. We can do nothing. But that's where we trust God. We're to be wise enough to know the difference. Do what you can about things. Leave everything that you can't control, that you can't do anything about in God's hands. And then be wise enough to know when you can't do anything 
and to leave it with God. And when you can do something, and you should be doing what you should. So it takes some wisdom to know. Our prayer should often be, there's a man over in Mark 9.24 who wanted his son uh, healed. And Jesus said something about uh, something like, uh, if you believe, all things are possible, or something like that. And, and the man said this, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. That should be our prayer when we get tempted to worry. Is Lord, I believe. I believe you're able. I believe you'll do what's best for me. I believe all of those things. Now help my doubt. Help me not to doubt those things. Help me to have my confidence in those. those. And then we should focus on the blessing of God in our lives. And we all have them. You know how I know you've all got them? You're here tonight. Your heart's still beating. That's a blessing. You're here amongst friends. That's a blessing. You're here where the Word of God is taught and preached. That's a blessing. You hear where we sing godly songs? That's a blessing. Those are just a few. I know they're superficial compared with your problems sometimes, but they're not that superficial if you really focus on them. That's the key to not worrying. I had uh, I had originally titled this message, uh, O Ye of Little Faith. And then I put it together and I saw that title didn't fit. But think on the right things. Get your focus on the blessings of God and you'll see how unimportant the other things are and how God will take charge. You have been listening to Solid Foundation Ministries from Lenore, North Carolina. Dr. Kuvert has 35 years in the ministry as a former missionary and pastor. He is available for revivals and various conferences on missions, Bible, Baptist heritage, and the family. To find out more, Go to our website, SolidFoundationMinistries.com or call 828-244-6505. Remember, the Christian life is not about you. It's about God receiving the glory.